It's the Wednesday Pitching Lab. Orion Kirkering debuted for the Phillies on Sunday, and we got to talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I want this to be your show. If you have show ideas, questions for Monday's mailbag, anything like that, tons of ways to get them to us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Lockdown Farm. We have email, subtext, a Discord, YouTube comments, tons of ways to get them to us, all linked in the episode description and in the show notes. Reliever Orion Kirkering debuted on Sunday night for the Phillies, and we need to talk about it. 2022 fifth rounder out of South Florida, which, fun fact, not actually in South Florida. It's in Central Florida. But uh, we've answered a couple questions throughout the season as it came up in mailbags about Orion Kirkering and how we thought he looked like a future dominant reliever and things like that. But I don't think anybody expected him to be in the bigs in 2023, he opened this season in single A in Clearwater. Now, true reliever did not start any games this year in the minors between single A, high A, double A, and a quick appearance in triple A before being promoted to the bigs. Four and one in 49 games with a 151 ERA in 53 and two thirds innings, 79 strikeouts of 13.2 per nine to 12 walks two walks per nine, and four home runs allowed on the season. So 0.7 home runs per nine innings. And the thing that was unique about Orion Kirkering's debut on Sunday, it was a one inning versus the Mets. He struck out two. He threw 12 pitches. Uh, And of those 12 pitches, 10 of them were sweepers. Two of them were fastballs. The thing that was unique about this is, okay, 10 sweepers, six of those were either called or swinging strikes. But here's the thing. He averaged 87.4 miles an hour on the sweeper with 16 and a half inches of horizontal break on average on the sweeper. And we've talked a lot about this. It's going to come up a little bit in the next segment. But you typically, for a slider, you typically have either a hard slider you throw in the upper 80s, or B, you have the slider with a ton of horizontal movement, that sweeper, right? And it's a trade-off. The sweeper is normally 82 miles an hour or so, or again, you're throwing the harder slider that is more vertical break and things like that than it is the, the true movement. There isn't another pitcher in baseball right now that is throwing a sweeper or or a slider that has that high of velocity and that much break. Some of the guys who throw the hardest sliders in baseball, Matt Brash averages 88 miles an hour on his slider. Graham Ashcraft, 88.3 on his slider. Brash gets 11 and a half inches of break. Ashcraft gets 13 inches of break, horizontal break. Orion Kirkering, again, 87.4 miles an hour. 16 and a half inches of break. No one throws a slider at that velocity with that much break. The two pitches that 
got the strikeouts, they both broke more than 20 inches. Okay. And again, this is really unusual. There's pitchers who have really good sliders. Corbin Burns throws an 86 mile an hour slider that breaks a foot, right? But again, Kirkerings breaks almost the width of the plate and is still coming in at 87 miles an hour. Uh, and we're going to be talking about StatCast classification later in the show, but StatCast separates sweepers from sliders because they fit into separate buckets. You either have the higher velocity, lower movement one, or you have the lower velocity, higher movement one. This is, this is different. He ha- he's one of four pitchers all season that got more than one strikeout on a slider or a sweeper that broke 17 inches or more, which is the width of the plate, and came in at 87 miles an hour or harder. Graham Ashcraft has 12, Matt Brash has 6, and then Griffin Jacks has 3, and after that, it's a bunch of guys who've done it one time. Shohei Otani, Kyle Bradish, Evan Phillips, whatever. Orion Kirkgreen faced 3 batters and has already done it twice. I, I can't help but talk about how unique and amazing this pitch is, okay? Let me give you the averages for most sliders, okay? The average for a traditional slider is 85.2 miles an hour, and it has 5.7 inches of horizontal break. When it runs up to 87 miles an hour, on average, a slider thrown that speed has four inches of break. Again, Orion Kirkgreen had 16 and a half. The average velocity for a sweeper is 81.9, and the average break is 14.2 inches. And when, it, when you adjust it where it breaks 17 inches, on average, those pitches come in at 80.6 miles an hour. Orion Kirkering threw them at 87.4. And you may remember I said he threw 12 pitches. 10 of them were sweepers. The other two pitches... 99 mile an hour fastballs. Okay. The last one, 13 inches of run. And it's just, it's not breaking StatCast, but it's absolutely absurd. StatCast called the fastball a sinker because of how much horizontal movement it had. But it's just, it's mind blowing to me that these are the two pitches that Orion Kirkarine is throwing. And he went from being drafted last year to starting this year in single A to coming up and making major league hitters look that dumb immediately. And to me, this is a sign of some of the improvements you've seen in the Phillies when it comes to their pitcher development, identifying traits, getting guys who can do unusual things. A lot of credit, a lot of credit goes to Travis Herger. He's their minor league pitching coordinator. Came out of junior college in Iowa and a junior college that had produced an in a surprising number of big leaguers had come through there. The most recent one, Brandon Williamson, was a guy in there. Bryce Ball, drafted by the Braves, was a guy out of there recently. But he's really come into this organization, and they have done a very good job at identifying pitchers in the draft, identifying pitchers in the minors who have really unique things and developing them. Just look at all these pitchers we keep talking about. Obviously, Andrew Painter's the one that was big on everybody's uh, topics of conversation entering the season. But Mick Abel, Griff McGarry, all of these young pitchers that look so promising for this Phillies team, Orion Kirkering is right there along with them. And if he, in fact, does uh, make the postseason roster, 
he'll be the first Phillies pitcher to make his MLB debut in September and then appear in a postseason game since 1980. Because right now, you've got all-star, you've got Craig Kimbrell, who is Craig Kimbrell. He was an all-star this year, back to form. Um, he's obviously your closer. Jeff Hoffman's one of your setup guys. You've got Jose Alvarado. You've got Gregory Soto. You've got Sir Anthony Dominguez. Not all of them have either been healthy or effective this season. And you moved Michael Lorenzen after you acquired him at the trade deadline. They moved him to the bullpen. I think he picked up the save in this game behind Kirkering. But to be able to have a guy with the stuff as amazing as Orion Kirkering's and stick him into your bullpen as you head to the postseason, if Kirkering does stay in the bullpen for the postseason, this becomes one of the better bullpens in the National League. And the Phillies are probably the team, uh, maybe outside of the Braves and the Dodgers, or maybe even just the Braves, probably the team you want to face the least because the rotation's got some studs. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Christopher Sanchez has looked really good. I think he shut down the Braves last week. Ranger Suarez, Taiwan Walker, like it's a deep rotation. It's a deep bullpen. And then that offense, Trey Turner has turned it on recently. You've still got Bryce Harper, who is Bryce Harper. You've got Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos. We talked on this show about Johan Rojas playing center field. This is a really dangerous Phillies team. And if I'm just about anybody else in the National League, I do not want to face them in the postseason, especially now that you've added Orion Kirkering to this bullpen. In just a minute, while we're talking about sliders, there is an issue with another pitcher in the National League East who's all right, there's an issue with another top prospect in the National League East and a slider that is not that great. It's AJ Smith Shaver. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Because a lot of guys think that losing your hair is inevitable, but you can take control by ensuring that you're not one of the 80% of men who will experience hair thinning in their lifetime because you have a dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement that is clinically shown to improve your hair growth give you more visible thickness and visible scalp coverage. Uses physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients without any sort of prescription drugs in it. Go to Nutrafol.com men. Take their hair health wellness quiz. It'll help you identify the causes of thinning hair and give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping. When you go to Nutrafol.com slash men, enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB. That's Nutrafol.com slash men with promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Okay, so talking about AJ Smith-Shaver. 2021 fifth rounder by the Braves out of high school in Texas and is their number one prospect in the system. He's made five appearances at the major league level, four starts, has a 4.57 ERA in his 21 and two-thirds innings, 18 strikeouts to 10 walks. He's given up seven homers. In the minors, 
He spent the whole back half of the year in AAA, made 10 starts there, 15 total for the year after starting in high A Rome. 276 ERA, 4-2 record, 62 innings with 79 strikeouts, 11.5 per nine, 233 walks, 4.8 per nine, four home runs allowed in the minors. And the Braves really loved the fastball. He had threw a slider. This season, he's added a curveball to that whole repertoire. But part of the reason why they're trying to fix some things and they're trying to work on some of his stuff is we talked about how much Ryan Kirkering's sweeper moved. AJ Smith-Shalver's slider has a very low spin rate for a slider. He averages just under 2,000 RPMs on the slider, about 1,916. Now, here's the issue with the spin rate on the slider for AJ Smith-Shalver is there's really two types of sliders, or there's two types of movement profiles based on spin for a slider. We've talked about gyro sliders on here before. If you picture the way a football spirals, that's the idea behind a gyro slider. The spinning of it, like a bullet, like a football, stabilizes the pitch in flight. And because of that, most of the movement is vertical movement because of drop. And then as you get to the very end of the flight towards the plate, as the pitch has moved and the spin axis has tilted a little bit, that's where it gets that kind of late bite to it. The other type of movement is the high spin where the movement of the, where the spin of the pitch is using the Magnus effect to actually move the ball. That's where you get a lot of that horizontal movement and things like that. So you either need a high, so these are all kind of sliders that usually have higher spin rates. Uh, And the thing here is he's got to pick a lane, right? He has to do one or the other. He doesn't have an exceptional movement profile on the slider because he's been that middle, right? Either, and and, and when you look at this movement profile for the slider, he's sitting about a 17%, what's called spin efficiency. So how much of the spin of the pitch is contributing to the movement? The average slider is about 25%. And... Again, 17% is really in that weird range because if you're going to be a gyro slider, if you're going to mostly use gravity to pull the pitch, you're looking for a spin efficiency of around 10%. If you're going to use the spin of the pitch to move the ball, you get the side spin with the Magnus effect and move the ball, you're looking for something around 40 to 45% spin efficiency. So A.J. Smith-Shaver's slider is right in there in the middle. And even non-sweepy sliders are still sitting in the 20-something percent on spin efficiency. And so he's throwing the slider. It doesn't spin a ton. It doesn't have very good spin efficiency. And so the thought process here is, does that mean that necessarily it's harder to control? Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out why we haven't seen that change for A.J. Smith-Shaver throughout his year in the minors. It feels like Atlanta would be good at picking that up and making that correction. 
And so when you look at it, you're like, okay, he doesn't spin very well. It's not incredibly efficient. And so he's not getting unpredictable movement, right? He's not getting exceptional movement. And it's just fine. And when you pull up fan graphs, the stuff plus rating for that slider is below 100. So it's considered on a stuff plus measure to have below average movement. And so I don't quite know. Maybe that's why they tried to bring in the changeup. I'm sorry, the curveball. Maybe that's why they pushed him to develop the curveball in season. I don't necessarily know if it's something where you're going to drop the slider later. Are they going to try to make the slider either spin more or be more efficient with the spin to get more movement on it from the spin or get the spin rates up? I don't necessarily know, but he's, it's just, it's in a rough place right now. It's, it doesn't have a low enough spin efficiency to really work like a true gyro slider, but it also has too little, but it has too little like total spin to give you a lot of horizontal movement. And so the fact that he's been so successful this season without really a good slider tells you that he's a very talented pitcher. And this is something where it's possible that he just hasn't really learned exactly how to manipulate his fingers to get the better movement profile out of the slider. But either way, this is the kind of like really fine detailed stuff that this is where the different organizations will separate from the pack, right? The, the organizations that are really good at developing pitching, these are the kind of things they can figure out. And so it, it makes sense why Atlanta did not keep A.J. Smith-Shaver up in the majors all season, and they let him go back to the minors, and they've essentially left him in the minors for the rest of the season to just get more experienced pitching and try to improve some of this stuff because it looks like there's improvements to be made on the package as a whole to get him into a more efficient pitcher, to get him more swing and miss stuff, and to get him a little bit better as far as what the movement profiles of the pitches do and how he can use them to attack opposing batters. In just a minute, uh, StatCast isn't always right when it classifies some of these pitches. We'll talk about that next right here unlocked on MLB prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment, very important, but global supply chains are fragile and things like a pandemic, a natural disaster, foreign travel can cut you off from the essential treatment that you might need. Jace Medical is your solution. You fill out one of their online forms, one of their board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether the medications are safe and appropriate for you. Then they'll send your prescription to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. Everybody should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones. And so that's why they've created the Jace case. You can save more than $360 on the retail price by getting these life-saving antibiotics in the Jace case from jacemedical.com plus an additional $20 off by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout. Again, jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E-Medical.com. While we're talking about spin rates and pitches and Braves prospects, Hurston Waldrip, Atlanta's first-round pick, 
out of the University of Florida, debuted at AAA over the weekend. Led to some speculation that they were going to call him up and or use him in the postseason. They shut that down. They said that was his last start. He's been pitching since February. His season started at Florida in February. They wanted to get him one more start, take off the restrictions. He hasn't gone more than 60-something pitches in any start this year. They let him go, I think, to 75 or so. But because Hurston Waldrop got the pitch in AAA, that means we got access to StatCast data on him. We got to see what he does because I'll remind you, Hurston Waldrop was known for having a great fastball, but he also throws a splitter. And entering the draft, there were conversations about in that top tier of individual pitches in the draft. Uh, what was the best? Paul Skeens' slider. Paul Skeens' fastball, for that inst- for that matter. But Hurston Waldrop's splitter was in there for conversation on best individual pitch in the draft. And he goes out and debuts, and StatCast has no idea what these things are. Okay, Sliders, more so than any other pitch, sliders are very much, there is a lot of variation in sliders. And so what MLB has done to try to recognize what a pitch is for all of the different buckets, right? For fastballs, for change-ups, for curveballs, for sliders. They've used machine learning. There's a really, it, I, I say it's an interesting blog. It hasn't been, it's been updated once in the last two years. But MLB Technology had a blog for a while where they would talk about these things. And so back in 2020, they wrote an article about how they're using custom patented pitch classification machine learning software to identify in real time what individual pitches are. When you see it pop up on the broadcast, when you see it pop up in the ballpark, when you see it pop up on game day, MLB TV, wherever on Baseball Savant, all of that stuff on StatCast, that all comes from their automated pitch learning. And what it does is, because everybody's pitches are different, is it takes an actual pool of pitches. And every time it sees a pitch, it compares them to every other pitch in that pool from that pitcher to determine, hey, is this a pitch that we've seen a similar pitch before? Because we know what these are. And they've done a lot of work. They call a pitch whatever the pitcher likes to say it. So if it reads like a slider, but the pitcher says, I throw a cutter, they'll label it a cutter. So direct quotes from pitchers are big in there. Information from pitching coaches, managers, on-field staff. They get if they can get images of the grips, things like that. They'll label sliders versus cutters, things like that. Two seamers and sinkers, they group those together unless the pitcher specifies one or the other. They For curveballs, they usually specifically will break out a knuckle curve or a spike curve if they can see the grip to confirm that's what it actually is. But the issue with this is there are some things that really confuse StatCast, right? So if you have two pitches that behave very similar, so if your slider and your curveball tend to run together, that is something that can confuse StatCast. If you are the type of pitcher who can alter the movement profile of a pitch, if you have a 
curveball, let's say, that you can speed it up and shorten the break, or you can elongate it and get a bigger break on it. It may sometimes read as a slider and sometimes read as a curveball, even though it's technically the same pitch that you're changing. If it's a brand new pitch, obviously the way that the buckets work is when you are comparing the pitch to everything else this pitcher has thrown, obviously you break out a new pitch, it's not going to necessarily immediately work because it's not going to have anything in your model to compare it to. It has to go into the general MLB model to try to find something that fits. And then you have the issue of you threw this new pitch, but cutters and sliders oftentimes can look alike or a four seam fastball and a cutter may look very similar. That's one of the ones that they frequently have issues with. And so what happens? Hurston Waldrop's outing is really funny because when you go and you pull up the baseball savant, the stat cast stuff from AAA Gwinnett, it says he threw four changeups and he threw 20-something cutters. Hurston Waldrop doesn't throw a cutter. What he throws is a splitter, an incredibly low-spin splitter. He is unique. The things that he does are individually not that weird. He throws a fastball with really good spin and velocity. Lots of guys do that. He throws a splitter or, or changeup that is under 1,000 RPMs. Okay, that's we've seen guys do that. He throws a breaking ball that has really good spin rates, over 3,200. Okay, there's guys that do that. But not many players do both of those things together have a high spin slider and a low spin changeup or splitter. And there's 42 pitchers. And this was as of the MLB draft, so the first half of the year. I don't have second half of the year stats. As of the first half of the year, there were 42 pitchers that had thrown a changeup at 900 RPMs or less. There were 26 pitchers that had thrown a breaking ball at 3,200 RPMs or more. Okay. There was one person who was on both lists, and that's Shohei Otani. And he had one pitch over 3,200 RPM. It was a sweeper. And he had six pitches under 900. And so it's just really unusual for guys that have extremely high spin breaking balls and extremely low spin changeups to be able to do both things. And so that's why Hurston Waldrop is really unique. And when you go in and you look at StatCast, StatCast doesn't understand what some of these pitches are. There's a cutter. Uh, there's the last three pitches of the game come in slider, 85 miles an hour, 530 RPMs. That's not a slider. 530 RPMs is not a slider. Slider, 85 miles an hour, 2200 RPMs. Okay. Cutter, 93 miles an hour, 2200 RPMs. That's not a cutter. That's probably that, that's a fastball. He doesn't throw a cutter. And it's just whenever you see a new pitcher, it sometimes is tough for Statcast to automatically classify this stuff because you don't have a pitcher specific model. Now, I believe there's a way for them to go back in and manually fix a lot of the stuff to manually go in and adjust some of these from cutters to splitters from cutters to fastballs, whatever it might be. But it's just, it's frustrating and know that 
If you're not quite sure what the pitch was, it's entirely possible StatCast also may not know what the pitch was. And we're not really going to know until we ask the player themselves what the pitch was. But anyway, the Braves have said that Herson Waldrop is done for the year. I expect next season we will see him in spring training. We'll get some more stat cast out on him then. And my expectation would be he's either double A or triple A to start the year next year. And who knows, we may see him in the big sooner rather than later. I'm not sure. Fantastic week this week. A couple more shows coming up, so stay tuned for those. In the meantime, if you have questions for the show, mailbag ideas, whatever they might be, tons of ways to get them to us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Tons of ways to reach out to us. They're all in the episode description. They're all in the show notes. But in the meantime, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 